0: You're listening to Dots,
1: Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 451 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. Seth is here hosting this week. Uh, I am joined by Fosma Moon. Faz, Fos, how are you doing?
0: I am well, and yourself? So is this like Fahrenheit 451 or just 451?
1: Well, if either of us spontaneously combusts during the show, I suppose we'll know why. Uh, <laughs> Would it have to be the show notes. I guess they'd have to be on paper for that to count. I don't know. Uh,
0: why? Well, I, I mean, you need a little bit of geekery. Unless there's a halt and catch fire still out there in the computer somewhere. Okay. Um, Do you not know about this? No. In the old mainframes, there used to be a system call uh, HCF, which literally would just spin the processor out of control to catch fire, to catch on fire.
1: Oh, on purpose. On purpose. But but why would you want to catch your mainframe on fire?
0: Well, I guess that would be the original malware, now wouldn't it? But but someone had to. Pro- okay,
1: yeah. Uh huh. Cool. Um, well, I was going to make the joke that Stephen must be off rebuilding MGM's network at pennies on the dollar pay, and that's why he couldn't <laughs> join us. Uh, yours is more interesting. Oh well.
0: Now, did you see the line? Like someone took a picture of the checkout line one of the days.
1: Oh, everything has been absurd.
0: Well oh my god, it's like sneaking through the parking lot. They've got stanchions up. It was like, wow.
1: Yeah, that I. On the one hand, I understand trying to keep the business running and like the impact of shutting down many and it was many properties like the largest hotels, some of the largest hotels in the world by room count, obviously massive economic impact. And so keeping some of that revenue going along the way makes sense. But I can't imagine being a customer that thinks like I really still need to go and hang out and do that. Like, yeah, just I mean, I hate Vegas to begin with, so it's not like I'm the right person to be attracted to this, but. Vegas Plus, I have to wait in extra lines all the time. I, I just can't.
0: Well, one question that I have is um, Formula One's in like two months, 60 days or so. Yeah. Will they be back up and operational by then? Particularly how they're not willing to really pay market rates for things.
1: Um, I mean, so the reference pause and I are making to the pay scale here. They are trying to hire people to basically work 10-hour days, seven days a week until the network is rebuilt at something like 100 bucks an hour on a 1099, which is not it is well below market rate for the level of commitment you're asking for someone senior enough to know how to rebuild this network that quickly um yeah i I would like to think that yes they could rebuild a network in 60 days well i mean it won't be identical to the original but could and maybe not fully integrated the way the original was but like could could and should you be able to rebuild most of the systems that quickly especially like having some data on knowing what they were the first time around i would like to think so but i don't know
0: I mean, that's a pretty big question because not just building the system, like you have to reintegrate a lot of the stuff, like door locks, right? Think yeah. of all those rooms, like all the stuff. And a lot of this requires someone to physically go touch one way or another, these devices.
1: Yeah. um, I, But again, like, okay, so you've got to go around and reprogram every door, like, and there are many, many thousands of them. I get that. That's hard, but I don't know. It seems like that. that that's also not a hundred dollar an hour person job. That seems like that one might go a little easier. I would the whole thing is crazy. Yeah. Um, we live in a digital world. Uh, anyway, Delta Airlines will absolutely not be returning to Haneda from Portland.
0: Well, they never launched Haneda, Portland.
1: Because they, were, right. they will never, they will not return to Tokyo from Portland, uh, including not launching Haneda. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, yeah, we've talked about this now off and on several times, but the last few weeks, but uh, they have officially returned to the slots to the United States government uh the d o t will presumably hold its normal process to try to reallocate them, but it all happened uh officially late on Friday, so we'll have to see exactly what the next steps are
0: I mean this leaves what four weeks before the winter season starts
1: yeah five, but yeah um and oh by the way, like to have an- you know to do there's no way that the uh proceedings it would be very i shouldn't say no way, but it would be shockingly fast for the proceedings to happen that quickly also like unless the expectation is that Haneda authorities will just grant the exact same time slots that had been previously allocated. Mm. I, I don't know how you make like plans for gate space and landing slots that quickly. Typically that sort of thing requires a little bit of time with negotiations with the foreign government. And yeah,
0: I would argue in the case of United or American, it'd be a little easier because they can work with their partners for the gate
1: stuff. Yeah, there's so there's some flexibility basically barring from JAL or ANA. Yeah. Um, I just it's one of those things like I mean, you may recall fighting over I think it was Shanghai slots. The U.S. kept granting slots in Shanghai and airline United kept coming back and saying no, it's cool that we have a right to fly there. Uh, the government isn't giving us times that work. Same in Manila. All uh-huh. right. So just having rights to the slots isn't everything, and I don't know how long you know some of those things can take years to negotiate. I don't expect this to take years, but I don't know that anybody would be able to start something end of October.
0: So the question, that's an interesting question. The question is, do you think Delta even had done any of that work?
1: No. Okay. It was pretty clear Delta was never going to use these. Yeah, I know. Um, save for that errant f- schedule filing bit a couple of weeks ago that got everybody excited, including us. <laughs> um, moving, uh, a bit West as we go around the world. It's actually, we are going almost around the world on this one. Uh, Akasa, which is one of the Indian airlines, relatively smaller and newer, um, but not that small, which is important uh, for part of this conversation, has started suing some of its pilots. Always a strong, always a strong labor relations play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are being sued for uh, leaving early, by which I mean departing the company, not you know pushing back and flying faster. So uh, they apparently had basically contractual obligations, signing bonuses and whatnot to ser- to work at the company for a certain amount of time, and have instead, left early, and now there's lawsuits involved
0: okay. i mean again, if you have an employment agreement, I could get that yes we don't we'll never see the agreement, so we don't know what the terms really were
1: yeah, I'm not sure how much of it will come out uh in uh the lawsuit, and what of that we'll actually see, but uh amongst the things being claimed, uh loss of operational profits on account of business disruption and comp- compensation for reputational loss caused. Due to the cancellation rescheduling and grounding of flights.
0: You think any of these people went to Air India with Air India's big boo right now?
1: Um, I don't know exactly where they went, but it would not surprise me uh, to learn that they all went elsewhere. I think Go First is the one that went bankrupt, right? I believe so. Um, that was an interesting situation because they were people were saying, like, you know, if you're a pilot there, you're clearly not getting paid, like go somewhere else. And there was concern about a similar contractual obligation in this to this one of people who might get uh hit with a lot you know some sort of financial pain uh for going and continuing to work when they're now basically out of business airline was would try to claim no no we're not out of business yet and you owe us still you have to fly for us but not getting paid not did yet yeah um if the airline is not operational like in the go first case i could Make the argument much easier for, you know what, you can't pay me, I'm leaving. Um, if you were being paid and just wanted a better job and are contractually stuck, that's a lot harder, all right, in my mind. Um, but to the point of continuing to grow, um, ACASA now also has enough airplanes and rights to fly internationally. So that's exciting news for them.
0: Every time I see Akasa it mm-hmm. confuses me because I think I'm reading Alaska. Yes. And then contextuated to something about India. I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. So that I have to go back and look at it again.
1: Yeah. And they're also a max operator. So there's been a lot of delivery questions. I'm like, wait, they aren't taking, why are they painted so funny? I had the same problem. I'm Good not just for me. Yeah. Um, as we continue our trip around westward around the world, which when you do around the world, have you done many around the world trips? No. Do you like westward or eastward?
0: Ooh, I don't, I don't even know if I've done any around the world. Truth be told, uh, I would probably go want to go eastbound. Interesting, because you go faster.
1: You do go faster. I find it's harder to sleep.
0: I guess it truly depends on the times the flights. Like if you know, like a six p.m. departure, it just sucks out of the east coast. But if you were doing a ten or eleven, then yeah. then you're in a much better state.
1: Yeah, and if you're taking longer trips, it's just, it's for me. I I mean, even although this trip, I will say we'll talk about it a little later. I almost slept coming across the Atlantic, which was nice. Um, I, I just find like long days with westbound travel is easier for me to adjust than a quick overnight on a plane and then trying to get going the next day. So I, but the couple of around the world's I've done have been westbound. In yeah, part my, for that... sorry, go ahead. I was in part for that reason, partly just because you know that's where I had to be. But.
0: Yeah, my struggle going westbound is so many of the flights are during the day.
1: Yeah, um,
0: like if I can get an evening or will that's probably the, the much more realistic. But like leaving at eleven or a one, even on a west coast time, it's just it's just too early. I mean then.
1: It, but I don't sleep necessarily on the plane. I get to enjoy, you know, the fine
0: in flight, food and
1: movies, the in-flight experience, and then sleep when I get where I'm going. <laughs> no comment. That's a fair point. I mean, yes. Why would I care? Anyway, okay. So moving further westward, Air Belgium will halt service uh, on its passenger on its direct sale passenger operations.
0: Are we surprised?
1: Quote: Proving to be chronically unprofitable. End quote. Shocking. Uh, no. Uh, I think one of the interesting, I mean, they picked some interesting markets, I will say one of them, like, I think they were doing
0: Ooh, South Africa, right?
1: That is South Africa. I think, I think they also had, uh, Martinique or Guadeloupe, okay, which was slightly bizarre because I mean, the, they're French, those are very French destinations. Uh, and I think they were getting beaten by Air Caribs and Air France. And I th- believe trying to serve those out of Charleroi, which is the French side of Belgium, uh, but not the core market. I don't know. That was an interesting one. It just, yeah, they had interesting market choices, but again, you know, long haul LCC is hard. I don't know. It's an interesting, although <laughs> I say that then look at like the, com- you know, air Caribs that they're competing with does it pretty well, actually.
0: Now, will they still do their uh, wet lease services?
1: Yeah, they're keeping their wet lease and freight operations, so they're not going out of business. Yet. although... They also say they need more money uh, to sort all that out. So, you know, the plan is yes, but we'll see. Uh, But yeah, uh, a little sad I never actually got to fly them.
0: Yeah.
1: Only a little, to be very honest.
0: You'll get to, I mean, you can still fly them on a wet lease. They seem to be doing a decent job with that, with all the engine problems. And as long as Rolls Royce is around, they'll continue to be in business.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's swinging. (laughs) Um, That is fair, uh, although it remains to be seen. I guess, yeah, for roles, that makes sense. That's, that's going to make a Pratt and Whitney joke, but they're mostly on smaller planes. You know, your A320neo is grounded, so we're subbing in this A340 instead. Have fun.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, That's when you bring the Hi-Fi 380. Not that it exists anymore, but...
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Norwegian quite literally did. Um, Edelweiss, speaking of long-haul, low-cost carriers, uh, will soon-ish get A350s, just like Big Brother Swiss, except not at all, just like Big Brother Swiss.
0: Same on the outside, very different on the inside, I'm sure.
1: Well, I mean, same on the outside in that they're 350s, but they'll have the Edelweiss livery. Um, they are getting, they're, they're going to be the old some old Latam planes. Okay. Um, so Swiss is getting brand new. Latam is get or Edelweiss is getting former Latam, and they'll be. Uh, so, so is Latam not keeping any 350s? Correct. They granted them early in the. Pandemic and fully uh, reeled there,
0: and Delta didn't buy all of them.
1: Delta did not take all of them.
0: Interesting. So um, these were these flood planes that were ever flown, or they're pending deliveries for Latam that they're going to inherit.
1: no these were flown um, and uh, had to have the interior on them. One of the interesting bits is ice basically said they're keeping the existing interior. So 30 business, 63 premium economy or economy max. I'm not sure why those are considered what that differential is. I'd have to look at that. And I think it's just leg room, not actual premium economy uh, and 246 economy seats. So it's a relatively dense three fifty nine hundred 900 layout. Um, there will eventually probably be a completely new cabin interior. But due to MRO backlogs and uh, material shortages, the first four will initially operate in the original operator's configurations.
0: Interesting. So they had seventeen three fifties. 350s. Some went to lefty. Three went to lefty, one went to Idlewice. So I guess maybe the lefty ones are going to It I
1: believe that would be the other three, yeah. Would, because any anytime someone puts, are you looking at like air fleets or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I think they flag everything as Lufthansa when it goes Lufthansa Group like that.
0: Well, it's funny. One's called that exclusive so I guess that's been assigned.
1: Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And eventually it's, uh, a three fifth, a three forties will also be retired. Um, it being a So,
0: so I guess the question that we pose is what's Latam's plan for long haul or are they just exiting the long haul?
1: No, they've got a bunch of triple sevens and dreamliners.
0: So they have one Dreamliner, at least in the Brazil fleet. So that's what part of the struggle of the TAM. It's just every uh, everyone's diff, uh, every country is different. And so, are they moving stuff into the other countries?
1: Um. So I see ten drain, uh, Excuse me, twenty thirty-two Dreamliners and ten triple sevens, and some uh, old seven six sevens also still flying.
0: So it's funny they're moving the fleet from Brazil to Chile.
1: Yeah. And I I mean I, I imagine some will still stay in Brazil for long haul stuff for There's,
0: there's one there's one seven eight and the nine seven uh three hundreds in Brazil, but all the three fifties came out of Latam
1: Brazil. So the old TAM.
0: Right. So, uh,
1: fascinating. Yeah, there is some weird shuffling going on there. But uh,
0: we'll see some questionable tax stuff.
1: Always. That's why you keep multiple subsidiaries in different countries, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh 2024, interesting new uh, transatlantic routes. We talked about Americans picking a few new cities uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple of months probably now. Uh, Delta came out with their updated operations. Two new routes, JFK to Naples and to Munich. Yeah. Yeah. United was doing double daily to Naples, right? Last year? This past summer? Yes. So that's, I mean, hey, hey guys, this one works. Let's go do some of that. Uh, obviously, demonstrating that there is some value in that market. It'll be very interesting to see uh, how strong the Italian summer uh, demand holds.
0: I'm surprised, doing, here. I'm surprised they're doing JFK Naples, not like Atlanta or Detroit.
1: Yeah, um, I assume that's probably leaning heavily on local traffic out of New York. But uh, and then what else? JFK to Shannon, and then a lot of these are seven sixes, seven six three and seven six fours. JFK to Shannon is coming back first time since 2019. That is a seven five two. Um, Atlanta to Zurich is coming back. I believe it's a seven six again. Um Paris to JFK, Delta's gonna operate or me, JFK to Paris, Delta's gonna operate a daytime flight.
0: We've talked about that before.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. Uh but then also growing number of frequencies. Uh Atlanta to Paris, uh Atlanta Cincinnati or excuse me, Paris, Cincinnati, Paris, Detroit. Um Barcelona, JFK is gonna have more capacity. I think Reykjavik, Detroit gets a second flight some hmm. days. Which is surprising to me, because that one, from what I could tell, seemed to have seemed to be the uh, non ref choice of how to get to Iceland.
0: But are they just moving to Minneapolis fleet?
1: I did not check that. Okay. Uh, Athens to Boston goes daily, as opposed to 3X weekly. I'm excited for that. Although, as I ever use it seemed pretty low. <laughs> um, Venice to Atlanta comes back, and then LA-Auckland goes year-round, which is not Transatlantic I right know.
0: The Paris flights, are they actually additions, or are they just displacing your France?
1: Uh, Cincinnati... I think would be an addition. Detroit and Atlanta, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but Cincinnati now will have both Paris and London service.
0: Oh, I'm like, so they, do, they do.
1: No. London, it's BA. Yeah, that's BA. Sorry. <laughs> I, I may have missed a preposition there. Uh, the airport will, not from <laughs> yes. there. Uh, Um, And then, as always, not included in the press release, but confirmed, uh, Dusseldorf will no longer have service on Delta.
0: Which is surprising because they said that, they've done that route for eon
1: yeah that was the mercedes shuttle basically right
0: no stuttgart porsche? stuttgart would
1: be um oh okay
0: yeah stuttgart would be porsche oh. and mercedes
1: that yep, my bad yeah D- dusseldorf oh dusseldorf used to have newark service on lufthansa didn't it yep, yep. way back in the day wait yeah yeah All the 340 right hey that's the only time i ever used a paper swoo yeah i got from a friend
0: that was always a good way to use Miles or uh Suze on United.
1: Yeah. Um mine they were like, Oh, we're not sure if we can give you c-. that was one of the infamous tons of we don't think we have a catered, we can't upgrade you. <laughs> like, but I, all I want to say, yeah, sorry, we are not sure. And so I like pitched a little bit of a fit and they eventually scored sorted it out. my god. Uh, and, and then when yeah. colleague Yeah. <laughs> my colleague says it's not possible. Uh and then the last of the transatlantic routes, a very interesting niche play. San Antonio, Texas. <sighs> on Condor. On Condor from Frankfurt. E ha I didn't um, get this one. So three times a week on a 33900. Like I, I I think the bizarre part is just the seeming lack of onward service with Condor. Right? Like it doesn't I feel like Condor doesn't typically sell a ton of connecting traffic it's usually it's much more and d heavy
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the main city pair. i know i know they do potentially have some feed but like this is a weird one i
0: mean couldn't it just be because there's no transatlantic service from san antonio and it's a decent sized city that they're looking to capitalize on the local population
1: yeah i just it, again it's hard for me to see how anything like that works without connecting onward a little bit that's the very hard part to me.
0: But they, they I don't know what Condor's red map is, but I presume they, they do have onward from Frankfurt.
1: Yeah. I mean that
0: I, or maybe they just push to Lefty for some of the intra
1: Europe stuff. See, I thought like the, uh, interline relationships sort of fell apart. That's why I was confused.
0: I guess you can always sell it as a YY. Depending on what the fare is.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they do, yeah, this is a terrible way to look at the routes. I can't tell. Um, it is a real interesting setup, for sure. Um, and then, that's all we got for routes this week. Any other fun ones? No. Yeah. Um, did,
0: did you know they so let you download a PDF timetable?
1: Condor does? Yeah. Fancy.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, not quite as cool as a printed copy, but we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> what else we got here? Update on the fake engine parts, guys. Uh, oh, uh, CFM now says up to 100 airplanes affected.
0: Oof. I feel like a that number. But I will. That and I feel that number continues to go up every week.
1: Yeah. Um. Although I, it's hard to tell if this is based on them actually getting there was a lawsuit to get the documents so they could figure it out. So I'm not sure if this is based on the documents or just additional estimates from other things. But it was, yeah, like bushings that go into the fan blade assembly or something like that. Not good.
0: Just unnerving. I guess like yeah. the question is, how do you hold these people accountable that did this, right?
1: Well, some, presumably I mean, some of them could go to jail, but I don't know what the laws in the UK are around such things. I don't know if they'll actually get, if they caught the people like physically still there or just shut the company down and it was, you know, no one was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, global entry as an app instead of a special line in the airport. What do you think? It's an
0: interesting concept. Um, I can already see the fallout of this direction because they moved to T8 last night and there's now only three kiosks.
1: They've been taking kiosks away?
0: Yeah. There used to be a lot more in there. With the new kiosks, they only put three in.
1: Which presumably they think they you move through them faster, right? It should be faster because it's just a picture, not the scan, but still. Yeah. It's not I mean, twice want, as
0: fast. I want to say there was at least six last I mean it's been a while since I went through T A. Yeah. But but there's also a lot more flights coming into TA now too with BA. Sure. So it's just I, I guess this is I mean, this is one way of offloading the expense that they they that they have for the equipment.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Um so this came up at uh Apex Expo I was at last week. Um a CBP executive was uh talking about a bunch of stuff going on and uh, a new app based option for clearing similar to the mobile passport control app for global entry members was one of the things on the list. Um, I couldn't help but laugh. Like, I don't know how long it was ago net now, probably six or seven years ago, Panasonic had their new screens that they were putting in the seats. And one of the features was they could, you could choose to install a camera.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And I was like, why would you put a camera in the seat? And one of the sales pitches they gave was, well, you could handle all your customs clearance uh, formalities from the plane and then have that all taken care of so that when you got on the ground, it was done. And we all laughed and they said, no, no, we're serious. I'm like, okay, uh sure thing, Jan. Uh, and then here we are now some five, seven years later, mobile passport control. First of all, I mean, not even five years later, mobile passport control is very much a thing. And now talking about doing it for global entry as well. So, uh, the main difference of course being it's on your device, not third party, which again, goes back to your point of shifting cost burden. Yeah. Um, What else did they say? Uh, They're expanding mobile password. Oh, for ESTA visa waiver program visitors, Mm. they're going to do it. You still have to do your first entry with an officer, but they're going to let you start using the mobile passport control app. Okay. That's good news. That that actually, I think, is a much more significant impact for many more people than changing global entry. Right.
0: I mean, since you mentioned Panasonic, I have a question for you. Sure. Why will they not invest in better satellite coverage?
1: (laughs) They just did. They've signed contracts in the last, they actually just put out a press release like a month ago saying that they've 50% increased global capacity.
0: Why are they so slow?
1: Um, the, the, the politic answer is the airline chooses what capacity they wish to pay for and we will make available whatever the airline wants based on our cost structure is actually the answer I've been given multiple times by Panasonic executives. Um, the reality is like it, part of it is the, it's, I mean, the capacity is there and it's extensive. Okay um and when i say the capacity is there there's debatable if there's actually capacity for like everybody to stream all the time on any airplane uh but you know panasonic and, and actually i will say another thing i were we on ba or american american i guess american yeah yeah because uh, BA's go or 2k yeah. intel sat. um the the other thing i will say is that i don't know for sure one way or another but uh the american systems are old enough they may still have the old modem and the old modem had some limits on capacity.
0: I mean, I think BA, not BA, excuse me, I think AA has completely ignored Wi-Fi on its long-haul sleep. I mean, the fact yeah. that they haven't even figured out how to have a unified portal or sell a pass yeah. after all these years shows that it's really, they kind of don't care. They're just doing it to meet the obligation.
1: Tick a box. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the
0: service service was ridiculously slow.
1: Yeah, I, I'm doing my best to avoid buying Wi-Fi on long-haul flights these days.
0: Yeah. Not a bad approach it's still being
1: yeah. expensive too, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to buy it coming home next week or this i guess this week now, because um, it's on a work day, but hoping not to anyway um what else is this here uh I-Aero? i don't, I don't even know who this is i used to be someone else they're uh the they're like a chart, swift air they were the uh like a s- charter operator out of Miami okay. Um, And they've got a bunch of 737, 400s, and then some 800s as well.
0: Were they Eastern in a previous life?
1: <laughs> Who wasn't? <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I think this is one of those like, eh, okay. I mean, it happened. Um, Yeah, they're actually, it's interesting. They're considered a major contractor for, oh, yes, they were one of the Easterns. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, they also operated a bunch of sports charters and U S customs, uh, deportation flights. Okay. So not great. Um, yeah, they bought out, uh, the old 737. the eight hundreds they got are from Eastern airlines.
0: Wow. The Eastern just won't go away.
1: Yeah. Um, so well, and then there's the, that's that, that half of Eastern. There's also, uh, the other half of Eastern is still trying to get slots for China. Uh, they're now looking at, I can't even remember the name of the city, some random, which I'm sure is still 10 million people, uh, city in China that's not considered one of the tier one airports. So they can actually get in there without slots. Okay. Uh, it remains to be seen, however, uh, given the ongoing borderline hostility between China and the United States with respect to air travel, if they'll actually get those slots or, not, or if they'll actually, you know, be allowed to operate the flights. Right. Um, we've, you know, we've talked a lot and focused always on the Tier 1 operations um, because the Tier 2 and 3 stuff didn't matter as much, but it's unclear if those would be allowed to operate anyways by the Chinese authorities. Uh, Which I should mention, Delta has confirmed uh, they're only going to fly 10 a week to China this winter, 10 10 flights.
0: Just Shanghai or both Shanghai and Beijing?
1: Just Shanghai. I think it's Daily from Seattle and 3X from Detroit. Okay. Um, And then they want to add... I would say LA Beijing uh, in the spring or LA Shanghai in the spring. Hmm. Uh, it was one of those. So interesting. Um, and Brightline, this is actually good news after bankruptcies and weird route stuff. <laughs> Brightline, the high speed. And I use that loosely train service in South Florida has officially started service to Orlando. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So this is, they built their own rails. Uh, well, they had access to some of the old flag rail coming up the coast, but to get from, uh, Melbourneish inland to Orlando Airport, they actually built their own rail line, uh, laid track and whatnot, and it is finally in service uh, as of last Wednesday or Thursday. Crazy, yeah. Um, it's interesting. They say they claim based on just the existing, uh, you know, pre Central Florida track, they were the second largest operating route corridor by passenger numbers in the United States. Northeast corridor had more, but every other. Amtrak sort of chunk had fewer passengers than the right line region.
0: Hmm. I mean, I guess like it's probably the only stable rail service that's in the Northeast corridor.
1: Yeah, correct. I mean, there's some, some random commuter stuff. It's also like, what do you consider intercity versus commuter and where does it all work? But, um, and there's, you know, arguably was commuter service until now, right? West Palm to Miami is not, it is intercity, but it's easily could be targeted, marketed or, labeled as commuter service as well um now with orlando you know i don't think it's a three three hour three and a half hour trip between orlando and miami um which is very easy to look at and say huh that's not that high speed uh which is true but it's better than not um it's actually not that much faster than any of the other trains like running distance wise but the stations are much more spread out especially as do you get out of west palm right so um, I'm still annoyed that they don't serve the Fort Lauderdale airport, despite the rails running like under the runway <laughs> or adjacent to the runway. I can't remember if it's a highway or the rails that go under part of the elevated runway there, but like they at one point were gonna, but just don't. And it's annoying. They also don't actually touch Miami. You got to get from downtown back out to the airport, which you can do on the Miami, uh, transit line. I forget what it's called, but at least last I checked, I don't think they're touching Miami, but they do touch Orlando. It actually goes to the Orlando airport. Well, it's good. And they are still talking about extending to Tampa. So we'll see.
0: Only time will tell.
1: Yeah, there was an interesting conversation about, okay, cool. Can, like, the 30 flights a day between Miami and Orlando stop now? Uh, The answer is, of course, no. But we're getting there. So uh, I think that's it. Anything else you want to talk about? No.
0: Well, I think that's about it.
1: All righty. Well. Um, I want to shout out to our newest patrons, uh, Mark H, Derek Y, Chris, and Andrew F, Andrew F. eh. Thank you for joining us and supporting us. Uh, you along with all of our other patrons are going to get to hear a few extra bits of conversation with me and Fuzz here in a few minutes, uh, for everybody else. Uh, certainly appreciate you listening as well. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment somewhere. Um, and we might actually see it. Uh, though it's hard to promise anything these days because, you know, social media is shifting in weird ways um and we'll catch you next time happy travels take care